1: And welcome to Dr. Mara carpel and Your Golden Years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, and that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on BlogTalkRadio.com and on DrMaricarPell.com. And today is Sunday, March the 21st, 2021. <laughs> 2021. Um, happy Spring, everyone! I think spring has finally sprung here in Austin. And I'm psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell, and I hope that you're all staying safe wherever you are. Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to make the show run smoothly as usual. And we have another great program and a packed program in store for you. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from right here in Austin, Texas by Ginny Sue, community organizer and public health organizer. Jenny is also running for Texas State Senate. Jenny Sue joins us to talk about how anti-science thinking has affected our COVID response and why she's running for State Senate and a few other things along the way and also as part of our segment on texas businesses who continue to keep us safe during this pandemic we'll be joined by one of those business owners from right here in austin licensed acupuncturist herbalist and owner of two hearts wellness dr paula bruno and joining us once again from new york world-renowned violist karen olson and she'll be here to talk about her new book and how music can be used as a tool in healing. So throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. And if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. The email address to send those questions to is Dr. Mara D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, dot lcom And you can hear this evening's program, again, by going to my website and the link to the podcast along with any website links given by my guests on the program will be posted later tonight. And you can hear the podcast and as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blogtalkradio.com B-L-O-G, slash your golden ears. And you can also hear it on Apple Podcasts. And for information from previous programs, to listen to all of the shows dating back to ours. Art on Blog Talk Radio, you can go to my website and hear all of that at drmarikarpel.com. Of course, you can go to blogtalkradio.com, and all those shows are on Apple Podcasts as well. And if you want to know what's coming up next or any of upcoming events, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Marikarpel, Your Golden Years. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment. Postal Productions and Psyched Up Productions. And we're going to take a brief break. Don't go anywhere. It'll be very brief. And we'll be back right after the break with Ginny Sue, who is running for Texas State Senate. And she's going to talk about a whole bunch of things. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors.
1: Okay, we are back, and if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Karpel and your golden Years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And now joining us from right here in Austin, Texas, we have Texas State Senate candidate Jenny Sue, who is also a public health advocate, and she's going to talk to us about public health and about her Senate run and a few other things. Welcome, Jenny. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the program. I'm really excited to have you on, and I'm really excited that you're running for senator. Um, I just want to mention before we go talk any further just that there's a slight delay, so it's good to kind of keep that in mind, like a second, a second and a half, Good to keep that in mind. It's good for listeners to know that, too, <laughs> so they, they understand the pauses. So, so, so Jenny, um, again, thank you so much for being on the program. And maybe we can start with a little bit about your background, who you are.
3: Sure. I mean, um, first and foremost, uh, because people can't see me, they, they probably don't know, but I'm actually an Asian-American woman. And if elected, Mm -hmm. I would become the first Asian American in the Texas State Senate. We've not had one before. Um, I'm also a mom of two boys, eight and four years old. And as you mentioned, I'm a public health advocate. So I have a lot of experience at the Capitol talking with lawmakers about how to improve our public health policies in Texas. I'm also a former lawyer and a former teacher. So those are really important parts of my platform. Um, using logic and evidence to support decision-making, and also I'm, bi- I'm a big believer in supporting public education.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so why don't we talk a little bit about the public health issue because, of course, you know, as everybody knows, we're in the middle of a public health crisis. Um, right. And I know that you have some views about that. So can, can you talk a little bit about that?
3: Sure. I think um, to summarize my views, it's, it's really a shame that uh, in this day and age we have such a rampant spread of misinformation. And especially in the public health arena, when you see that much misinformation being taken as truth by so many people, it really ends up hurting individuals and, and causing harm. So uh, certainly within the COVID pandemic, we see that happening quite often. And it's very frustrating. And it makes me angry because I wish our leaders were stronger about their public health policies and and better at combating misinformation.
1: Mhm. Mhm. So,
3: wearing masks, <laughs> Dis- distancing, social distancing. Yep, all of that. I mean, I'm. A, I've been a very observer of those of those uh, protocols. I have um, other than, you know, going to the doctor's office for some uh, checkups and things like that. I have not been inside a public space inside a building since March 13th of last year. Um, I wear masks everywhere I go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty strict about it. I'm very glad that I was able to get my first shot of the COVID vaccine, and I'm really looking forward to getting the second shot and being on that path back to normalcy, but it's still a very big part of our lives to stay safe, and we do it not just to keep our family safe, but also to protect others in the community.
1: Right, right. Well, good for you. Congratulations on your first shot. Um, I'm still waiting for mine. <laughs> um...
3: It, yeah, it's been uh, such a, a hardship for so many, and I actually, uh, on the side, have actually helped people get COVID vaccine appointments, uh, because I do know mm-hmm. several people who are on priority lists and have had trouble, because, as you may know, the rollout has been a little bit difficult and challenging for certain people, so I try to help wherever I yeah. can, because I do believe more shots in arms, the better. I mean, we we need to get those shots into arms.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, And and I think that you're right. I think um, like in my case, for example, uh, I'm still waiting for mine, not because I didn't want to get it, but because I'm waiting to be able to get it. So, you know, I think it's it's difficult. Um, But I was so glad to see so many people showing up at places that are giving the vaccine. So that's a really good sign. I totally
3: agree. Mm-hmm. it's been It's been good to see the response because uh you know there was early on some questions about how many people would want the vaccine, but you know once scientists and experts started weighing in on the the, the fact that those vaccines could be trusted, it was really good to see that most people you know accepted that advice to go get the shot and and certainly because people have seen that there really aren't any Terrible side effects, I mean the best right uh the, even the side effects you do see, I mean they're really an indication that the vaccine is working, so um it's been really right. awesome to see how many people want the vaccine, and that makes me feel a lot better, but we're still a long ways away from that herd immunity level that we're hoping for, yeah,
1: yeah, and I think you know as we go along and people see their friends getting it and doing great and and feeling. Uh, less anxious about being out in public. I mean, you still have to wear a mask. You still have to social distance because it's not a hundred percent. And because, you know, they don't know that you can't give it to somebody else. Right. You could still be a carrier, but there's a lot less anxiety to go out and to like go shopping. Right.
3: (laughs) I would say so. I mean, um, I think that, uh, everyone that I've spoken to in my personal circle when they've gotten their vaccines, there's a huge sense of relief, you know, and it's, it's almost like, I don't think it's any secret. It's a a thing to be celebrated. I I love seeing people's Mm -hmm. selfie uh, shots, the shot selfies. I love hearing about people's personal stories. I mean, I shared my own about just how grateful I was for science and for medicine because, you know, at this point, the vaccine is our path out of this. You know, we yeah. we have to get vaccinated to be able to get to a society that resembles pre-pandemic times. You know, right. so um, right. that's really the key and um, I, it just it just makes me so happy whenever i see someone proudly announcing that they got their vaccines because right. uh, you know, once again, every person is one step closer.
1: Yeah. And I and I think the science also shows that until we can get our vaccines, right for those of us still waiting, um the other really uh really powerful way of preventing it is through wearing a mask and staying far away from people that aren't in our household that that actually
3: works. It does. I mean, you know, that's the thing about evidence. It, when I look at science and evidence, To me, it's comforting in a way that it is reliable, and we know that masks work. We know that social distancing works. I understand it's very difficult for um, families to be somewhat separated in these times, but, you know, these are temporary measures until we can get Mm -hmm. everyone vaccinated, and then we can go back to normal. And that's really the message that I try to spread amongst the people in my fear of influence is that mm-hmm. you know it's, it's worth it to sort of have that temporary denial of your your wants because the the end result is going to be so much better and uh yeah I would love for my kids to see their grandparents but we all understand the science we all understand the evidence even my own kids they understand what coronavirus is you know in an age-appropriate way and we're all Agreed on the need for these measures until we can be in a place where we are all assured that it's as safe as possible. yes
1: and and I think it's really beautiful that you know um,
3: CDC has
1: said that grandparents who have been vaccinated um, can see their grandchildren, right.
3: Absolutely. My my uh my kids' grandparents are very excited to come and see them. They don't live in Texas, yeah. but they are waiting for that day when they can come and see their grandkids. And I'm welcoming that. I mean, I would love to have them come visit. It's been a very long time, the longest time my kids have gone without seeing their grandparents, but mm-hmm. we all understood how important it was and we're just really grateful for again, for science for coming up with um, this, this amazing vaccine that is going to help the world really go back to normal yeah. and, and have some yeah. have some it, regular it, experiences again.
1: <laughs> when I see although I have to just say this and then we'll, and then we'll move on. And when I see those posts from people where they're finally able to see their family again because they've all been vaccinated or people, you know, getting the vaccine, I get choked up. I, I, I'm, like, emotionally overwhelmed. I feel so happy.
3: Well, the whole it's pandemic been a long has year. been so emotional, right? The whole yeah. pandemic has just been yeah. a, a big roller coaster of emotion. So, you know, I just, I, I, I totally feel that as well. I mean, it's,
4: it's yeah. been
3: a very long year and some change, and um, yeah. we're ready. I know I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait to hug my friends. I can't wait to, you know, go and, and have dinner with my close friends mm-hmm. and not have to worry about possibly being a carrier or worry about, you know, something I might bring home to my children. There's a, There was a lot of stress during the pandemic. Sure. You know, I, oh, yeah. I I asked how every decision that you would normally make in your life suddenly became this massive weight on your shoulder things that you normally wouldn't think about twice suddenly became a debate is it safe is it not what should i do you know all of those things um and uh i'm, I'm just again very very happy that we are on the path to being back to normal and i can't wait my kids can't wait to go back to in-person school my grand yeah. you know their grandparents can't wait to come visit i can't wait to see my friends i mean it's all it's all good i i just I'm yeah so excited. it is
1: it is so now this brings to a topic that's not so positive and that is that this you know i think it's very connected um you know you mentioned that you're an asian american woman and we're talking about the misinformation with covid and i think it's kind of connected with the the hate crimes that we've seen against asian american people here in the united states or you know want to know what your thoughts about that
3: um, it's been very hurtful to see uh, the things that Americans are doing to fellow Americans uh, out of racism. I have been aware of the rise in violence against Asian Americans, and um, it's, still, it's still something that I have to educate people on regularly. Um, there are a lot of people who don't realize that it's happening, or if they do realize, they are in denial but I can tell you it's very real and the fear is real even though I haven't well, partly because I haven't really been outside in public very much, but even though I have not experienced any attacks personally, it has ratcheted up my fear. And especially as someone running for office, I have to think about those things. You know, I have a family to protect and I'm Asian American um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I'm trying to use my position as someone who is known in the public to bring attention and awareness to the issue and also to try and help uh, with finding hopefully some solutions, you know, and, and really trying to be a part of the community action that's in response to mm-hmm. Um, because it's been pretty amazing to see how many people in the community are coming together for things like rallies and vigils to um, do their part to combat the racism that is, is showing an ugly face.
1: Yeah, so, so you know, you talk about science and the misinformation about this virus, and do you think that that's a, you know, obviously it's racism, that's the basis of the whole thing, but do you think that it, the misinformation about this virus is what has given people the extra, you know, push to start acting out on their racism.
3: I do. I I really, I actually made a post recently about the fact that I want people to name things for what they are. And I think we've gotten to a point where um, certain leaders, they just don't want to own up to the fact that their words may have added to the current situation. And by that, I mean, Mm -hmm. not just generalized rise in violence against Asian Americans, but also things like the Atlanta murders. You know, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of um, unfortunate tying of COVID to Asian Americans. And we can sit here and talk about the culpability of say a government. I think that's completely fair. But that does not mean that individual people who had nothing to do with that government's decision on how to handle their public health response are somehow responsible. And certainly for me, as someone born in the United States and has lived her entire life here, I have no connection to this virus other than being a victim just like everyone else in Texas and in the United States. So to somehow be treated as the cause of the problem is incredibly ignorant And also very hurtful. Um, I have not spent the last year in isolation, keeping my kids home from their friends and from school to be talked about in that way.
5: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm.
3: It's, it's um, unfortunate. And yes, it is again, a very ignorant point of view. It reduces people to just a skin color it reduces them to not being people. And I think that's how we got into uh, a society where, you know, the Atlanta murders happened. That's, that's the mm-hmm. basis in my mind of why he did what he did is because he did not see the women that he murdered as real people. He saw them as lesser than himself. And right. he saw fit to take their lives, you know. Um mm-hmm. that's unacceptable. And I think that, again, language matters. The leaders that have used certain terms like China flu or Wuhan flu, things like that, they should really take a long, hard look at themselves and think about how their choice of words may have contributed to the problem.
1: Right, right.
3: Yeah, you know,
1: well, Let's go to the, your run for Texas Senate because you said that you have some solutions that you want to bring up to the Texas Senate. So let's talk about your, your platform for what made you decide to run for the Senate?
3: Well, uh, again, I'm someone that has been involved in the political world for the last um, several years and I got to a point where I realized that we need better leadership and um, I've never been someone that's shy. <laughs> I'm very outspoken and uh, I spent a long time thinking about whether or not I, sh- I should be the one. And after a couple years of really contemplating it and talking about it with my close friends and family, I decided it was time. You know, we're at we're at a sort of crossroads now. We've gone through a very tumultuous administration. (laughs) I'll say that. Mm -hmm. That's like the nicest way I can say it. And we've seen the harm, that misinformation and uh, uh, constant repeating of lies uh, Mm -hmm. can result, you know, that the harm that can result from that. And we're seeing the, the sort of, The pushback against that now. I think there's a growing sense amongst the uh, Texans in my district and the Americans in this country that enough is enough. You know, it's not just a difference of opinion. When we allow harmful misinformation to spread the way it has in the last eight years, or I should say Mm -hmm. four years, I'm sorry, four years, for the last four years, there are real results. People get hurt. People get sick when it comes like, you know, when you're talking about things like COVID. People get murdered when you're talking about things like Atlanta. People suffer. Mm -hmm. It's not just about two people arguing over dinner about differences of opinion anymore. And to me, uh, the biggest issues that we see in Texas, they go back to our leadership. You know, we have, now we have a very good message coming from the president. And I would say, at least here in Austin and a lot of the major metropolitan areas, I would say that the message coming from local leaders is very science-based and evidence-based. But that middle level, <laughs> not going to name names, but I think we all know who I'm talking about, they're, they're adding to the problem by being uh, contrary just so they can win political points with their base. I, I think that they know right. that they're not doing the right thing, but they don't care. And that's not right. They're responsible for the people. That's the job mm-hmm. they took, and that's, the, that's what they should be doing. They should be feeling responsible and doing what's right for the people. And they're not doing it because mm-hmm. to them it's just a game. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So what so, are some um, of the
1: platforms that you're, that you're running on?
3: So I'm obviously very pro-science based on our conversation and uh-huh. if you know me in, in person, that's that's basically who I am. I'm very pro-science, very pro-evidence. Uh, so that's number one. And I think very um, central to that is my, again, the, my, my support and desire for public education to be fully funded. Um, we need better critical thinking amongst our Texans. And I think that will help with a lot of the issues that we see now. Um, related to that, uh, related to the science, especially, especially in my district, which has a lot of uh, questions and issues coming up based around development of the land. There's a lot of concern from the citizens about whether their air and their water is going to continue to be safe. So I'm also about responsible development. You know that takes into account mm-hmm. the environmental issues that can result. I'm also a woman and. I strongly believe in women's rights, including reproductive rights. That's no secret. Uh, So that Mm -hmm. is a big part of who I am. And then, of course, as a minority, I want to see us move towards a a truly equitable society. And we don't have that in Texas. And we certainly don't have it in my district. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's for all those reasons that I'm running. And those are all things that are... Not just talking points for me, they're part of my identity. They are part of who I am, so they're uh-huh. very important to me. Uh, you know we could there's a there's hundred million issues that that will probably uh, cross my desk if i if I'm elected, but those are the main ones that are, are very important to me and that are important to the people in my district.
1: right. what is your district?
3: It is senate district twenty five So it extends from Austin all the way down to the northern part of San Antonio, Bear County. It also encompasses part of Hayes County and uh, Kendall County and Guadalupe County and Mm Camal County. So it's quite large and it covers a wide variety of people from all different backgrounds, urban, rural. It's got it all. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 which is a little bit daunting for sure, but, um, you know, I respect people and I respect their individuality and I just want to do the best job I can for the, for the people in my district.
5: Mhm.
3: Mhm.
1: So what do you, I mean, you, you mentioned some of the issues, but I guess I'm wondering what are some of the top issues that you think are going to cross your desk if you were to take, you know, Like the first few days that you were to take office? What are the outstanding issues right now?
3: Well, you know, this is part of Central Texas, so we're seeing a lot of growth. So we're looking at developers who want to develop without any regulation, right? So that's a big issue. Mm -hmm. We're also seeing people that are concerned about making sure that their kids have access to a quality education, that they're not in Overcrowded public schools, or um, you know, watching their teachers not be supported. I, I know that for myself. I, I do everything I can to support my my kids' public school, including the teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would love to that. Um, our again, our public education system is so important, and that we have not given it. We have not given it the attention that it deserves, because it's really in my opinion one of the basic pillars of society um, we also uh, know that central texas is sort of booming in terms of population growth so there are a lot of concerns about property taxes and um, housing so those are issues mm-hmm. that I, I I have a lot of opinions about as well you know I don't want to see people being pushed out of their homes because they can't afford to live there anymore that's not mm-hmm. That's not right. It's not what people who work as hard as the people in District 25 uh, deserve. Um, they, You know, people work hard, and they want to be secure in their lives, and I think that's a completely reasonable thing to want, and they deserve uh-huh. that. Sure. So really, uh, yes. you know, I, I think for me the biggest thing is that I want to see a Texas where we – can count on our leaders to make decisions that make sense. You know, I, I, don't, I don't like personally seeing time wasted on things like, you know, in the last couple of years, the bathroom bill. That was a total waste of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the purpose of it? And now it's, uh, you know, one of their big uh, platform uh, priorities is things like whether or not the national anthem is going to be sung at sporting games. Uh-huh. Is this really what we want to pay our leaders to do? Is this what we want to uh-huh. spend our time on when we have such bigger issues to tackle? I don't. I don't think that's really what people want or deserve. They they deserve better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, reasonable people can disagree on how solutions can be reached and what those solutions are, but. I don't want to spend time debating whether a fact is a fact. <laughs> I don't want to spend time um, on things that really don't matter. I want to really help the people in the district um, with their with their everyday lives. Because mm-hmm. I live here and I understand it. It's part of my life too. And right. uh, it, it's just common sense, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so now this this
1: election is going to be in November.
3: A... Uh, of twenty twenty two. So oh, I started quite early. Yeah, you did. yeah, and we're okay. looking a primary in twenty twenty two. Still not quite certain what month the primary will be in because of redistricting. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know it's normally in March, but it could be pushed into as late as, I think, May is usually what happens when redistricting takes a little bit longer. So, yeah, I started early. Um, I'm just doing what I can to grow the support in the district and also really introduce myself to the people. Um, I, I do recognize that, unfortunately, again, we're not in a society that is truly equitable, so my name and my face and my skin color and my gender can all be things that some people just don't, I wouldn't say that they respond negatively, but they may not respond positively. And so it's Uh really important for me to do things like, again, thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast, to be on shows like this, to get my name Mm -hmm. out there because um, I think that the more people get to know me and the more people become aware of who I am, the more they'll realize that I'm the right person for the job. Right,
1: right. Well, I'm glad you got started early because yeah, name recognition, face recognition is all really important, and you have you know really good platform that is for the you. people. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm not all about theatrics, honestly. I'm really just a regular everyday person who happens to be very opinionated and not afraid of talking publicly about opinions. So, um, but you know, in my everyday life, I'm just like everyone else. I work, I take care of my family. I want to make sure that we are secure in our home, that we have good jobs, that my kids get a good, good education, that we can pay our bills. I just want the normal things in life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was not born rich. I do not have um assorted past i'm actually pretty boring that's one of the jokes we made when i uh-huh. started running it's like i don't have any big skeletons in my closet so this is really weird you know i don't have a second uh-huh. family that i'm hiding or anything like that i'm really just uh-huh. an everyday person who wants to help i mean i i have spent the last well really my whole life i've been a helper and um and especially in the last i'd say five six years my My goals have been about helping communities, and I feel very strongly about that. It's something that gets me going. It helps me, you know, gets me – I wake up to that every morning, that thought in my head, like, what can I do to make things better? So by Mm -hmm. running for state senate, that's just another way, in my opinion, that I can help make things better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, great, because, you know, we really need more people like yourself running for these offices not just people who have spent their life trying to be in politics. I agree. I 100% yeah.
3: agree. And I'm ready yeah. for it. So. Yay. Yeah. So, so
1: um, if listeners are interested in finding out more about you and finding out about your your platform, um, and if they're in your district, if they're a little confused by that map that you drew in our head. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: How, how can they do that? So I, I do have a website, Ginny Sue for Texas, and that's dot com. I also am on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram under that name or versions of that. But if you go to the main website, you can find the links to all those different places. That's also where you can donate money or sign up as a volunteer. We definitely want to um, again use the candidacy to help improve the community so a big part of what we'll be doing as we get closer to the elections is doing things like getting out the vote making sure that every texan in the district has the ability to exercise their voice to to you know mm-hmm. vote for who they want to that's a very incredible privilege we have as americans and it's a shame that we're seeing now a lot of pressure and measures that are designed to keep people away from that privilege, even though they're entitled to it. So we're going to mm-hmm. use the campaign to do what we can to make sure that, you know, every Texan in the district can exercise their right and go vote.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, that's great. Yeah.
1: Because I think Texas really needs that, um, especially, the, you know, the, Texas has the worst, you know, is among the worst in terms of turnout for voting and not necessarily because Texans don't want to vote, but because uh, sometimes it's really difficult to vote.
3: It is, and it's sad. It's really quite sad. I love Texas. I love living here. I love being a Texan. Um, And you know what? I want to add to that love I have by being proud of where I'm from right now, mm-hmm. with the things that we're sort of getting into the news for, I don't necessarily always feel that way. I I see a lot of room for improvement, as I'm sure many people do. And the way we're going to get that improvement is by voting in people who actually care and listen to constituents and um, do the job because they feel a responsibility to the people they represent.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Yes. Yeah. Well, so. hey, Jenny, I'm so glad that you came on the show this evening. I think the timing was really perfect. Um, I agree. and yeah. And I'd love to have you come back on as we get closer, you know, over time to help get your name out, as, you know, maybe a couple of times before, or a few times before the actual election.
3: That would be wonderful. I, I would love to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so let's stay in touch about that. And and everybody, I'm going to post that website link for um, jennysueforTexas.com on my website about this show later tonight. So uh, give me a few hours and it will be up there. So if people didn't have their pen and paper ready, they could just go there and they could just click on the link and it will take them to your website.
3: Thank you so, so
1: much. I appreciate that so much. Yes. And thank you again for being on the program and for all that you're doing and for really making the sacrifice. I think it's a, it's a personal sacrifice when people run for public office like that, especially when they really when it's about you know helping people. Um, so thank you for that. And um, well,
3: I I'm and, happy to do it, and I think Texas is worth it. It's worth the sacrifice. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and stay safe.
3: I will. And I hope you do too. And I can't wait to actually be able to see you in person. (laughs) I know we've been sort of, uh, online friends for quite some time. So again, I just can't wait until we're across this bridge and we can do things like go have coffee and dinner. I would love to uh, see you in person and get to know you better. I'm just uh, so grateful to have people like you in my life. You know, it's been really helpful when the times are hard to know that there are other people who are doing the right thing alongside me. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you
1: have a very good evening. Okay.
3: Enjoy this spring All right. weather. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I will. All right. I will. Oh, Thanks okay. so much. Bye-bye. Now. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, don't go anywhere. We have more to come.
2: Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive there are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr.
0: Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Merrick Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
2: Please visit us on the web at www.drmerrickcarpell.com.
1: And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And now joining us on the line, also from Austin, Texas, um, one of the businesses, as, as you may know if you've been tuning into the show, that we're doing a segment Um, every week now on Texas businesses who continue to keep us safe during the pandemic. And this evening, we're joined by one of those businesses, licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, and owner of Two Hearts Wellness, Dr. Paola Bruno. Welcome, Dr. Bruno. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. I just want to mention there's a slight delay when we talk like this. So it just kind of, if you keep that in mind, it doesn't throw you. (laughs) So sounds good. So welcome. um, And thank you for keeping Austin safe, doing your part to keep Austin safe. That's the whole reason that I started this segment to thank businesses and let everybody know who, who you are. Um, so maybe maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and about about your business Two Hearts Wellness. Sure,
6: absolutely. So I am a former Spanish professor on my second career as an acupuncturist. So I practice Chinese medicine, acupuncture, herbs, um, I also offer health and wellness coaching. Some people aren't in Austin, but they want the support. Um, I have a specialty area, which is a little bit unusual in Texas anyway, in places like California or New York with a large population of Chinese people, and that's Tui Na, which is traditional Chinese bodywork therapy. And it's like massage, it's like acupressure, um, but it's all the great stuff of acupuncture without the needles. So if you're worried about needles, there's still stuff to do. So um gosh, I don't what, what can I tell you? What what would you like to okay. know about? Um,
1: well, what I mean, so it so does it work like acupuncture? Does it have that same that massage, that Chinese massage, does it have the same benefits as acupuncture? Yeah,
6: so, um, and I I do practice a lot of acupuncture, so it's not, but I always like to bring this up uh, because some people are afraid of the needles, and the needles do not hurt. I just want to say that they're tiny, they're hair thin. Um, especially when you get someone who's new to acupuncture, you always use less needles. You are real careful to uh, listen to what the person says so it doesn't hurt. But still, some people are reluctant. Um, in any case, so yeah, uh, Twina is somewhat a Twina practitioner in China would be like being a rheumatologist or um, an orthopedic doctor here in the United States it's that sort mm-hmm. of a specialty so you're talking bones joints soft tissue musculoskeletal in general
1: uh-huh okay okay I do want to say I've had acupuncture and you're right it didn't hurt it um, doesn't hurt no uh-uh. No, because the needles like it's so thin like the need- I think people that assume it's similar to like a needle where you might get an injection and right. those are thicker because they're hollow where they're trying to put something through the needle into you but a uh, uh, acupuncture needle is doesn't it's it's not hollow, so it's just the size of a thread or a, a hair almost. Yeah. Exactly,
6: yeah. exactly. So yeah.
1: So and um,
6: as far as oh, go ahead, sorry. No. Yeah, go on. hmm Oh and so I was going to say um two hearts wellness then is um the name of it the two hearts my first heart for academia and my second heart for chinese medicine.
1: Okay. Okay. Cool. So um what sort of c- conditions do people come to you for? What 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 are they what do you find it beneficial for? So General health maintenance, um,
6: that's always a good one. Um, allergies, mm-hmm. here in Austin, who doesn't have allergies. Um, gut health, I am definitely um, of the school, School of Spleen and Stomach, Earth Nurturing School. So, um If there's, you know, um, pre-diabetes or person gets rashes or eczema or whatever the case may be, generally that's going to be something that that can be helped by changing diet, working on the gut health. So that's a big one. And then I will say probably my superpower is going to be pain relief. Yeah. So Uh I do um and one thing that i do that's actually kind of unusual is um scar revision so if a person has a scar it's not always necessarily what the scar looks like although it's nice to get rid of that scar But what sort of effect does it have on movement, on comfort, um, on the health of the area that's got the scar? So Mm -hmm. scar revision is a real uh, big one for me. And then. Um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which um, is um, a genetic disease. It's a collagen disorder. And so people with Ehlers-Danlos are extraordinarily flexible. They've got a host of different comorbidities. Um, And I just got, I don't know why, but when I was in student clinic, I got many just one after the next hyper flexible person and I developed a real familiarity and love for that population and then last but not least bones so say someone has broken a bone. And they've gone to their, of course, they've gone to their doctor, their orthopedic doctor, gotten the x-rays and this and that and the other. Oftentimes, if a person is in between maybe getting surgery, they're not sure if they're going to get surgery, there's a lot that you can do to work on the person's limb where they've been injured. And then maybe they don't end up needing surgery. Go back to the orthopedic Mm. doctor and the doctor says, wow, this healed so much better than I expected no need for surgery, or a person has had surgery and they want to recover faster. So those uh-huh. those are, are my my super interests that I like the most, and it, it makes people happy. I mean, not being in pain anymore, um, being in good health
1: makes people happy. Sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you don't feel good, it's really hard to be happy. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if you have an ongoing illness that just can't be treated, then you find ways of being able to transcend it. But yeah, basically, like my grandmother used to tell me, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything.
5: <laughs>
1: exactly, and mm-hmm. so I will say,
6: as one thing that comes from. My first career is that I think that if people understand what's going on with their health and they understand what they can do to regain or take control of their health, even if their optimal level of health is going to be different from the next person, they can reconcile themselves and be happy and feel empowered and efficacious,
1: and that makes a huge difference. Right, right. And and you mentioned, you know, pain management, which is really important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if people are able to find, you know, ways of overcoming the pain of something ongoing, yeah. um, that's really dramatic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, um, yeah, so, you know, just to say ha- I'm having you on that special segment that we started to thank businesses yeah. for keeping us safe. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, why you are a business that is choosing to continue to have people wear masks and, and that sort of thing? Um, even when things, you know, even if Austin, um, right now it's still under the mask mandate, but the, the state of Texas is not. And if Austin has to lift the mask mandate, it sounds like you're, still following it but private businesses have the right to do and why are you doing that
6: absolutely so when I first started getting word of COVID-19 it was primarily because I could read Italian newspapers Spanish newspapers Obviously, my connection with Chinese medicine, so I was really watching this well and before, and I have a couple of blog posts on wearing a mask, staying at home, getting the vaccination. I feel that we've got what we've got, this is the situation we're in, and each person can wash their hands, stay home when they can, wear that mask get vaccinated. That's the only way that we are going to overcome this. It has to be a community effort. So mm-hmm. I write the blog post and I lead by example. I got my first vaccination February 25th and I will be getting my second March 25th. Good for you. Congratulations. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm still it waiting was...
1: for my first one.
6: <laughs> oh, it'll come. Yeah. It'll happen. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, yeah. yeah. I think it'll happen soon. I think I yeah. think I'm moving up the list. So. Oh, that's wonderful. And it must have been a, a
6: big relief, relief to get. Yeah. it's such <laughs> a relief to get the shot. Mhm, mhm. I,
1: I can imagine.
6: It's a sense of not just for me, but also for patients and for people I'm around. If I go to a store, which I don't do too much, um, but there's some person who who is working on the front line there. When I get my vaccination and I wear my mask, saying, hey, I care
1: about you. Mm-hmm. hmm Exactly. Exactly. So... So if listeners are interested in finding out more about your practice to heart wellness and, and the types of treatments that you do from acupuncture and, and the other types of Chinese medicine that you practice, um, how can they do that and where are you located? Sure, absolutely. So I'm
6: super social media woman. I have Facebook, I have Twitter, I have Instagram, oh gosh, what else? Pinterest, I'm not very good with that, but I try. Um, And so it's twoheartswellness.com, the word T-W-O, heartswellness.com for the website. Um, All of my social media is linked there. Um, but I'm pretty easy to find, I think. And then as far as my office is concerned, I'm up on Spicewood Springs over by people. This will resonate right near the torchies up there and next to the um, fire station on Spicewood Springs. So there's a okay. business complex. Yeah. So I do. Not take walk-ins, of course. I have a very um COVID-compliant office, but people can set an appointment online. And if they don't see what they want, they can send me an email because I keep patients spaced out so that I have really ample time between people so I don't have... Mm-hmm. You know. So I only have a limited number of availability on on my web um, my website, but potentially I can set dif- you know different times of appointment okay. as
1: long as I've got
6: gotta have space between people, clean up in between. Sure.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So so what's your email address that people can um email you on? Sure, it's just two hearts wellness at gmail. Um, all of that, okay. everything to get a hold
6: of me, and the phone number, and all of that excitement is all right there on my website. So I'm really easy to get a hold of.
1: Okay, great. And and I'm going. I think it's already posted, but I'm going to make sure that that website is posted on my um, post about this show on my website, so people didn't write it down right away, they can go to my website and get just, sort of post about this show. Well, okay. I was listening
6: to the previous, the um, aspiring senator. What an interesting talk. I really appreciate the opportunity to be part
1: of this program. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for being on. I think this worked out great. It, you know, I think everybody's kind of in sync on the show tonight. So it's so... It all works. And and thank you so much. And, and I'm going to buy your business.
6: Thank you. I look Get forward to it. it.
1: Okay. All right. You have a good have evening. Have a great evening. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. And so our next guest coming up is uh, world-renowned violist Karen Olson. And before we go to that, interview with Karen in New York to talk about her new book and and her music. We're going to play All right. And we were just listening to the beautiful music of our next guest who joins us once again from New York, world-renowned violist Karen Olson.
4: Welcome, Karen. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you tonight. I really appreciate it. Such an honor. It's so so great to talk to you again. It's been a while. It has been. How how are things up there in New York? Good, yes. We, we're coming out of the pandemic. It, it, I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's um, the spring is arriving, so it's it's good. And the vaccines yeah, are arriving, yeah. and it's all good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so what have you been doing over, I know, you know, Well, everybody else is trying to figure out what to do over the past year, it sounds like you've been pretty busy, Um
4: Oh yes! What have you I, been doing? It, yeah, I've I've been able to produce some music and some videos and different creating different music and energy products to help people and and sessions and just finding peace and ways to share
1: mm-hmm.
4: it. Yeah, and we really need that right now. <laughs> that's for <Yeah>.
1: sure. Everybody, <laughs> every
4: moment. Yes. Yes.
1: So, so we just played one of your pieces, Serenity. Um, beautiful piece, very serene. Um,
4: can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, sure. I'd love to. That piece is part of a CD called Song Path, which is a companion to my book, which is called It's called um, Sound Path, using the power of sound and silence for health, harmony, and happiness, and I developed this seven-step method or process for helping people clear and just really deal with chaos or things that are in their life that are challenging, and how to use energy to really be clear to be able to make new habits, kind of on a mm-hmm. subconscious level, because music is energy, and and we communicate with energy, so. The serenity. It's strings. It's surrender, trust, review, inspiration, new ways, gratitude, and serenity. So each of the tracks, along with two others, kind of help people experience that process. So this one is kind of stillness and being quiet and having serenity. Mhm. Mhm. So oh, and it was a big project. Once. Yeah. Okay.
1: So is this this
4: is your this is your latest book that that you just yes it is mm-hmm. yeah it's my latest book and and I actually dreamt about having a CD to go with it but the book was quite a big project so then it just all came together and one part not that it it's the most important part but I was able to be that CD got on the top ten of four Billboard charts.
1: Wow. Including
4: New Age number three and it was um the hot shot new artist for nine months and, and classical and it beat out like major orchestras and you neoclassical. Know, so wow, it's really great. it was exciting to have that recognition. Yeah. That was yeah. Congratulations. Amazing. It was a really big, huge project. It was one of my first projects where I actually composed. My other projects, because that's my ACD, was improvising and then I'd edit in the studio. So this mm-hmm. was a new step for me. It was really fun and, and a, a lot of work, but fun. Yeah,
1: I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit about that, you know, the, how the music helps us to heal. I know that on your website you have, you know, music. What do you call it? Muscriptions.
4: Yes, yes, (laughs) that's one of. Yeah, Yeah. well,
1: yeah. So how does that work? How does that help us heal? I mean, we kind of know that when we listen to music, some music makes us feel better or helps us go to sleep or wakes us up.
4: But how does that actually work? Well. That's a great question. <laughs> um, basically, our, our, as you probably heard, that our, our bodies remember everything that's happened in our lives. It's kind of stored somewhere in us. And up to the age of seven, everything that happens is an experience that's kind of imprinted on our subconscious mind that creates how we make decisions. They say 95% of what we do is on that level. And so when we have something that's difficult for us, like those loops in our head, negative loops or whatever, they come from that level of energy and processing. So the music really has the ability without our thinking, because our thinking kind of gets in the way, our conscious mind, it goes to that level and it can really give messages of love and acceptance. It can fill in those gaps. I think of it, one of my clients said, It's like frozen. So the thoughts that are difficult, they get kind of a frozen spot in our body that might even be an organ. And the music kind of helps it unthaw. And when it's unthaw, then then the energy flows through it. And we need that energy Mm. because... As, we're, as we get the fight and flight, it's those chemicals that say, if something's happening, something's going to happen, watch out. Oh, no. And if it keeps coming, 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 our body just gets all uptight and, and we don't know what to do with that energy. So to be able to be calm and just kind of singing to the inner child, it, without having to do so much, it really makes us feel better on a deeper level I mean, there's different levels of finding the different levels. But the muscription idea, There are tracks that are for help to help us sleep, to help us be calm, to help quiet the negative tapes with communication and different focuses, and even one is about focus. And I used binaural beats, which are beats that are just a little out of tune, so our brain has to process it, and it puts us in a calmer state. And... Hmm. Are we kind of entrain trained to the frequencies and the music so they're for different brains five brain states? Brain wave states. So the sound waves uh-huh. connect with the brain waves. So like if sleeping then you want to go in it into that brain wave state that helps to encourage and invite sleep.
1: For instance. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so the beats are different depending on what state you want to induce.
4: Right. Like, say, the state would be, like, really meditative, intuitive. And then if you want to be focused, that would be a higher brainwave state. So kind of
5: mm-hmm. using
4: that, different ways of processing. I also love to use percussion. For instance, drumming, which doesn't mean that you have a specific drum in your home but anything really any carton that's empty in a wooden spoon or your hands or whatever but just kind of expressing through the rhythm and through toning and which could be a mantra or just, just letting go it's just the vibrations coming from us through our mouth that can just release things inside of us that are stuck there's so many mm-hmm. exciting things that we have within us that we don't need to purchase that can give us a new process, give us, open up places in us that we haven't known. Right, right. I mean,
1: a lot of, you know, indigenous cultures use drums um, to go into meditative states.
4: Yes, it does. It's it's called entrainment, which is kind of the same idea of entraining your brainwave states. Mm. Entrainment means, like, I don't know how many of you heard about this, but if there was a bunch of cuckoo clocks on the same wall, eventually they would all, the pendulum would swing together. It's just, really? if, every, if there was a really strong beat, yeah, if there was a strong beat, if you were in a whole room, finally, eventually everyone would come together on that beat. Wow. we come so together without thinking. It's just the way that we are built. So it's also... If you notice, like if your feelings are contagious, so if you're around someone that's really depressed and you're around them a lot and everything's so difficult, it kind of can bring you down. Or if you're around one of those people that you're so happy, like they're just amazing, it just helps you to be happier. And so Mm -hmm. to find what kind of um, energy you want to be around or there's a lot of thought of the manifesting, which means you think of, like even to think of a really happy memory and tap, maybe on your third eye, on your forehead, or on your chest, like Tarzan, and just think of that happy memory and just bring your, that energy into you and help it help it um, ease something that might be difficult that you're going through uh-huh. or a difficult memory. Uh-huh. Just to know we aren't. We have a lot of options. But by ourselves, if we're trying to solve it in our minds, we can get stuck. And especially now with the pandemic, we have a lot more time alone. So we can kind of go down those places that are, aren't are as happy or as high of an energy vibration. So it's noticing mm-hmm. without any judgment and just choosing um, to be calm or to Notice our thoughts and change them. Mhm, mhm. And the music helps. And music, that. You, I was just gonna say that. So obviously, <laughs>
1: that's why you did what you. That's why you wrote your book and and made your CD because music helps that. So it does. Yes. We're we're gonna play another one of the the pieces that you sent, "Moving Higher."
4: Um, can oh. you talk about that before we play it? Oh yes, yes. I had the great gift of playing with um, um, with Pranik Russell Tubbs. He's a sax player that plays flute also and has played with every star imaginable and he's very uh, much of a meditative person. And he joined me in the studio and I had, I love, love nature. So it's just kind of the concept of just moving higher, like I've been talking about to higher levels and just, just connecting with nature and just soaring. Mhm, mhm. Okay, so we're gonna play a little of that, and uh, don't
1: go anywhere because we'll talk for a little while after we come back. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right, that was Karen Olson moving higher. That was beautiful, Karen. Oh, thank um, you so much. Yep, yeah. and of course the people music, <laughs> it'll be clearer than when you hear it over the a radio um, show. <laughs> yes. Are interested in learning more about you, and in downloading your music, or purchasing your CDs, or finding out about your book or those mus muscriptions. Um, how can they do that?
4: Oh, well, thank you. It's it's on my website, which is www. and it's k a r e n o l s o n. dot com. And the most important part of that is there's two olds in Olson, because people don't always think of that so that would be great and okay. I'm actually just putting up some of the descriptions tomorrow so they'll be hot off the press or the recording reels and I have a podcast also which is the sounds uh-huh. of healing podcast which is on all the streaming platforms and a blog which is on my website it's all on my website it's all on the website getting to the yes. the podcast too yes it is right
1: right Thank you. Um, yes, the sound of healing and the p- blog. I'm gonna check all of that out. Um, great. And of course, I'm going to post that website link on my
4: on my post about this oh, show. Okay. And I'm on all the social media platforms. As my handle is Karen Olson Viola. Karen Olson so Viola. Right. Oh, well, I'm okay. B I O L A. Karen Olson Viola.
1: Right, and that's actually how I found out about your muscriptions because you popped up on my Instagram. (laughs) Great. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's that's really cool. You can download music for whatever you need at that moment. (laughs) Yes. Yes. need to sleep. I need to deal with anxiety. Yep. Everything looked like it would fit. All in one day. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you so much again, Karen, for being on the program and always enjoy speaking with you you and listening to your music.
4: Thank you so much. And thank you for all the amazing things that you do. And thank you. And many blessings to you and everyone listening. Thank you and, so much. And best of luck with your book
1: and the CD,
4: and congratulations. Oh, I have a big, huge project that's going to be coming out that I'd love to share about later. And also I have some programs at the UN, so a lot of fun things coming up. Oh, wow.
1: Up. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So it'll be on my so website. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you we'll so have much. We'll back. All right. Thank you. You Bye-bye. take care. Have a good evening. You Bye. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right. Uh, We've come to the end of another great program, and I just want to let you know next week we'll be back on Sunday, live, March 28th, and our guest will be from Down Under in Melbourne, Australia, and we have Ruben and Minerva and Bay of and more. So tune in, and if you want to hear this show again and get those website links, Go to my website, drmarakarpel.com B-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. Later tonight, all of that will be there as, lo- as well as the podcast link. And you can hear this program again in five minutes by going to blogtalkradio, B-L-O-G-talkradio.com slash yourgoldenears. Or you can look for me on Apple Podcasts and it will be there too. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook. Dr. Mara Karpel, your golden years. Special thanks to my guests, Ginny Sue, Dr. Paula Bruno, Karen Olson, and of course, thank you to Art, and thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week, and remember, youth has no age, and this show is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. Good night, everyone. Stay safe.